Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who he's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. We want to talk about the fruit of meekness. Now, this is, this is one of those fruit that is also another misunderstood one, okay? This one, I think, is not given as much credence or as much value as God has intended it to have. Um, the amazing thing about meekness is meekness is one of the fruit of the Spirit that comes with an inheritance. Meekness is one of the fruit of the Spirit that God has attached a reward to. So it's one that we need to make more room in our spirit so that we can both demonstrate the character of God in our relationships and with other people, but also reap the fruit of the spirit in our own lives. So when you think about meekness, meekness is an ability to maintain a humble attitude in the face of offenses. Mm. Basically, another definition for it is power under control. Now, some of you might have heard that definition, but meekness has a connotation of weakness, timidity, being a pushover, you know, that kind of thing. But today we're going to attempt to demonstrate meekness from God's perspective and how God shows the power of this amazing fruit. And it in turn encourages us to also seek him the more that we may be able to demonstrate this in our relationships and in our lives. Meekness is pictured as surrendering of your will to the will of someone greater. So in the world, it may be looked at like, uh, you know, you're getting taken advantage of. Oh, you're not standing up for yourself. Oh, you're being a pushover. But what meekness basically encourages us to do is to not try to fight your own battles your way. It's surrendering to the fact that I'm under the rule of someone greater than me that can see a situation a certain way and a way that I can't see it. And I'm going to let him solve the problem. I'm going to let him fight the battle. I'm going to let him deal with it. So I am humbling myself under someone greater than me. Okay. We see this a lot of times with our children, right? Our children get into situations, um, especially when they're younger, when they're older, they start feeling themselves a little bit, start, you know, growling and fighting and all that kind of stuff. You know, we pray for us. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Pray for us. But you can see it in very little children and that when they are faced with situations, that seem like it's too big for them, what do they do? They run to someone greater. Impulsively, they run to someone who has more authority, whether it's the teacher, whether it's their parent, because their perception of themselves is humbled compared to their environment. Hmm. They have realized that this world is bigger than me. I'm a part of this world, but there's still a lot that I don't know. So I'm going to seek after whoever knows. And that's why the Lord always encourages us that you got to be like a child. Like you can't forget that aspect of being like a child. So meekness is beautifully displayed in children. We as parents can definitely um, see that. And you can see the bilateral relationship. Because a child comes to you, the child is coming to you because they expect you to have the answer. 
And the beautiful thing about children and even our children, there are times where our kids are very inquisitive and they come up with all kinds of crazy, intimidating questions. I'm telling you right now, there's questions that they be coming up with, asking all kinds of stuff that I'm like, and I, you have to go to mommy for that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I ain't going to try. I don't know. But the posture of the child is, and this is what's beautiful about that. When you give them an answer from your reservoir of confidence, even if you're not really sure, they accept it. Like, yeah, they accept your authority, or they should. They accept your authority as one who is looking over them. So a lot of times we may have a complex about, you know, well, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to get the answer right or whatever like that. But we share, we share whatever, their, whatever the answer is to the children with our best intentions. Their posture is they receive it. So there's a meekness in their posture of receiving it. You know, and even if they ask questions, it's just the questions are not necessarily challenging you. The questions are more seeking you for a deeper understanding of what they're asking. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the posture that God wants us to be towards him. And that, listen, you smart. You've been living 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. That's cool. But I'm eternal. So there's going to be some things that you don't know. So when you seek me and you pray and you and you and you reach out to me for for understanding, don't lean on your understanding, but have confidence in the fact that what I'm withholding from you, it might just be better that you don't know this part. So this is the realm of meekness that God is calling us to. This is the area that God is encouraging us to go into. Jesus, one of his greatest sermons, happened to mention this term of meekness. And this is Matthew 5 and 5, the Amplified Bible. Blessed, inwardly peaceful, spiritually secure, worthy of respect are the gentle, the kind-hearted, the sweet-spirited, the self-controlled. Mm. For they will inherit the earth. Blessed, meaning you will be inwardly at peace, spiritually secure, and worthy of respect if you are meek. Now, what does meekness mean? Meekness, according to this definition, means that you are gentle, kind-hearted, sweet-spirited, and self-controlled. Mm. All in one. And then the Bible says, if you are that, you will inherit. God wants to advocate for people who are the underdog. Like God loves to advocate for the innocent. He loves to advocate for those who are willing to submit themselves in bad times and all these other crazy things and not try to fight their own battles. You are now worshiping God through your surrender. And sometimes worshiping God through your surrender is more potent because you're giving up the fact that ah, I got my own way. I got my own strength. It's not about that. It's about me understanding that God is bigger than me and God is bigger than me. So God's going to start acting big. Because you have given him free reign over your life. This whole idea of meekness comes with great blessing, but also God entrusts great responsibility to those who are willing to exhibit this meekness. Now, meekness is not something that we can do on our own strength because humanity says that we need to fight for ourselves and stand up for ourselves. And when something's not right, we need to make people know that it ain't right. It's human nature to defend yourself and to protect yourself. It's true. So if we are our own defense and if we are our own, if we're a God in our own eyes, it's going to be difficult for us to 
surrender anything to God. If we have trust issues with God and we're struggling with understanding his character and his intention for us, there's going to be that much more difficult for us to surrender under his mighty hand because his mighty hand includes stuff that's not going to be comfortable. It includes horrible stuff, bad stuff that's going to happen in your life, tragedy, crisis, all kinds of stuff, people dying, people getting sick, you dying, you getting sick and all that. But understanding God's good intention for our future is going to help us to be able to exhibit and make room for the Holy Spirit to work through us in demonstrating meekness. Meekness takes courage and discipline. It takes courage and discipline to surrender to God. So there are three things that meekness helps us to do from God's perspective. The first thing is meekness helps us to be humble. Humility, not to be proud, not having to be the center of attention, not having to be catered to emotionally, not being overly defensive, Mm. surrendering to the threat of not being navigated for as you feel you deserve. That takes a lot of courage and strength, especially when you've always been facing in your life with things that you have not been paid back for or recompensed for. You're always getting shorter in the stick. It's very difficult. For you to do that. But the challenge is the Lord wants you to see yourself as he sees you as worthy of protecting from his point of view. The Bible says in Matthew 11, 27 through 29. Matthew 11, 27 through 29 says all things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. Mm. So that's Jesus talking. And basically, this is Jesus introducing himself to everyone. He doesn't introduce himself as... I'm your savior of the world. All y'all need to come and bow down to me. Do y'all know who I am? He does not come into the situation that way. Matter of fact, he comes in in the most uh, meek way possible through the womb of Mary. Then he's born in a manger. Then he's born in a poor city. He's the king of the universe. And now coming into our situation, not with pomp and circumstance, but with a lowly and gentle heart. Mm. Now notice Jesus's posture towards us creates a place of rest for us. He says, come to me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. That means all y'all that got a whole bunch of baggage, come over here. All y'all that got chaotic, crazy lives, come over here and I will give you rest. How? I will give you rest by my disposition towards you. Me and Rach joke a lot about the, you know, the situations where, you know, if it's a chaotic situation, it's nothing like being in a chaotic situation and needing help. And the person that's supposed to help you is chaotic themselves. <laughs> Ain't nothing like you struggling or trying to fix something, get something done and people all up in arms. You know, that's not the kind of help that you want. That creates further crisis. So <laughs> what the Lord's posture is to say, come over here with your crazy lives. Come to me with your craziness and your chaotic selves and I will give you rest. Why? Because I'm gentle in spirit and I am lowly and I'm humble in my heart. Humility is a heart thing. 
Humility is not like an outward thing. Oh, I'm humble. I'm very humble. Right. If you're saying it like that, then you're not. And we we always right. <laughs> we always say like, if you are an- announcing that you're humble, yeah, chances are you're not. Yeah, because humility will 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 cause you to feel like you're not humble enough. So there's no need to announce you being humble because you feel like I, there's I could always be more humble. Right. So you know that's that's always something we used to say in church. Yeah. Like if you're saying you're humble, then I'm very you're humble. Not. I'm very humble. <laughs> Yeah. So 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 the Lord is basically letting us know here that the posture of his heart is humility towards us. First Peter three, three and four says your adornment must not be merely external mm-hmm. with interweaving and elaborate nodding of the hair and wearing gold jewelry or being superficially preoccupied with dressing in expensive clothes. Mm-hmm. But let it be the inner beauty of the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceful spirit, one that is calm and self-controlled, not over-anxious, but serene and spiritually mature, which is very precious in the sight of God. Amen. Whoa. Amen. Amen. Lord, help us all with this. The Bible is telling us here, your adornment must not be merely external, meaning you should not be overly preoccupied with how you look on the outside because God is concerned about the inside. And this doesn't mean that God does not like when people wear nice, fancy stuff. The Bible is saying it must not merely be like only be external and not being superficially preoccupied overly concerned about how you look to other people mm-hmm. as though that is more important than your character on the inside. But rather, let it be of inner beauty, the hidden person of the heart. And this is where the seat of meekness is. This is God's character chiseling the inner man because it's the inner man that we really feel. Right. So you meet somebody and you ever meet somebody and you're like, man, I don't know. It's something about that person. They're just so sweet or they're just so there's something inside of them that translate. That is that inner man that you feel. Now, first impressions are outward. So we like to dress nice. We like the finer things in life. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the finer things don't cover up a messy heart. Mm. And that's the point of this fruit, allowing God permission Lord, help me on the inside. Help me to create more space for you on the inside. Help me not to hold things in my heart. Help me to be more forgiven. Help me not to be overly anxious. Help me not to be, because all those things will cause us to offend people. When we are in trouble on the inside and struggling on the inside, we ain't nice on the outside. And we all know that. And we overly worried, overly anxious, hurt from the past, unforgiving, bitter, then that means we're going to be a toxic person and people are going to get that from us. And when the Lord wants to flow through us, he's not going to be able to because we have too much baggage in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that we can control. The Bible says this posture is precious in the sight of God. Meekness from God's perspective is beautifully demonstrated in the life of Christ. And the life of Christ Jesus and his ministry and his work and his willingness to go to the cross, and his willingness to submit to the will of God, that is God's meekness towards us. 
The second thing that meekness helps us to do is to be teachable. You want to understand the meaning and the lessons behind your suffering. Meekness is the teacher. You going through some stuff in your life, you're struggling, you're in crisis, you're suffering. Taking a meek approach and asking the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to work through you in the area of exhibiting meekness towards you and in you will allow your perception of your suffering for you to see it as a lesson. The Bible says here in Hebrews 5, 8, 9, this is the Amplified Bible. Okay. Yeah, go, yeah, go ahead, please. Although he was a son who had never been disobedient to the father, he learned active special obedience through what he suffered and having been made perfect, uniquely equipped and prepared as a savior and retaining his integrity amid opposition, he became the source of eternal salvation and eternal inheritance to all those who obey him. All right. So this scripture, Hebrews 5, 8 through 9, is basically talking about Jesus. And what it's saying here is although Jesus is the son of God and he had never been disobedient to his father, he still learned active special obedience through what he suffered. What does that mean? That means there is always a level of humility that we can exhibit towards God. Jesus is God and still allowed the processes of suffering through the path that God had caused him to live and the walk that God had caused him to go through for us to teach him through suffering. The Bible says that he learned special and active obedience. All of us, you know, are different, different stages of our life. Some of us are young. Some of us are older. Many of us are experienced in life. And I'm sure we can all say that there's some lessons that I have learned just by struggling. There are some lessons that I've learned by messing up and going through. It wasn't about people telling me what I need to do. Tell me what the best, most resounding and lasting lessons that I've learned in my life was stuff that I had to just get through hmm. the stuff that I suffered through. Cause now you can't take my experience from me. You can't take the fact that I know what that pain feels like. And this is what this text is telling us. Even Jesus Christ, the son of God was able to humble himself to the place to allow suffering to teach him more about God, even though he's God. Now, that's a deep concept, but that's what the Bible say. And having been made perfect, he allowed the situations in his life to perfect him. Why? Because he had a purpose to save the world. And in order for him to save the world, he had to go through the world, relate to the world and relate to us and connect with us so that we can see him not only as God, the father, but God as a son, the savior of the world. And retaining his integrity amid opposition, he became the source of eternal salvation. Here goes that word again, an eternal inheritance. There goes that reward for meekness. God has attached an inheritance and a blessing for those who are willing to allow the Holy Spirit to help them humble themselves under the mighty hand of God and let God be the one to fight battles. God wants to fight your battles. The third thing that meekness helps us to do is something that we all do not like to do. We're very picky about how we want to do this and who we want to do this with. And that is vulnerability. Meekness 
helps us in the area of vulnerability, hmm. being vulnerable. God has made himself vulnerable to us through the person of Jesus Christ. Mm. Just think about that. Like, that's crazy. The God of the universe, the God that spoke and everything came to existence. The God of things seen and unseen. The God that knows what's on the bottom of the seafloor. The God that knows all of the galaxies, all of the stars by name. The God who has your hair's number. That God came down in the, in the form of human flesh and allowed us to criticize him. And he allows the world and, and us to walk away from him. Like, that, 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 imagine that level of humility. That level of love that God has for us. That I want you to get to know me so bad that I will risk you offending me. Mm. I'm going to put myself in a position to be offended by you so that you get to know me. This is a crazy concept and it's so anti-human. Because who would willingly put themselves in a situation to be offended? Mm -hmm. I ain't doing that. Or walked over, taken advantage of. Willingly. Taken for granted. Yeah. You know that the person going to take advantage of you. And you still do it because it's going to help them know you better. This is what the Lord has done. And this is the beautiful picture of meekness. The Bible says here in Philippians 2, 3 through 11. Do nothing. From selfishness or empty conceit, through factional motives or strife, but with an attitude of humility, meekness, being neither arrogant nor self-righteous, mm. regard others as more important than yourself. Can I just stop you right yeah. there? Like, just to, I mean, you know, not to digress too yeah. much, but... Because a lot of times when we don't do one extreme, we think we're safe and we end up falling into the other extreme. So you may not be overly arrogant and say, oh, well, I'm me because I'm, you know, I'm not overly arrogant. Mm -hmm. But you do the opposite and you're the other end of the spectrum where you're overly self-righteous and you 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 allow yourself to feel so humble yeah. or so not arrogant that now you become self-righteous. Mm -hmm. So it, it's somewhere in that finding that happy medium yeah. or, or that, that place of balance where you're neither arrogant or self-righteous because mm -hmm. the two are just as... Just as bad, yeah. Detestable. Meekness is right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. Sorry. No, you're good. No, no, you're good. <laughs> Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this same attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. Look at him as your example in selfless humility. This is the heart of meekness seen in Christ Jesus, our Savior. When Christ walks the earth, he is walking the earth as both God and human. And he is not flaunting his godness around making himself irrelatable to us because the purpose of his walk on earth was to help us to understand God. He was helping us to understand who God was. A lot of times we feel like we have to protect ourselves and our egos and our reputations and our emotions and who we are and y'all don't know me and you don't know who I am. And, and we, we put up these defenses and walls because we do not want people to take for granted our value. 
So whatever that does, it makes us defensive. It makes us whatever. And we all have different things. All of us. When I say we, I mean we. I mean, me, you, all of us together here have things that we struggle with where we feel the need to protect ourselves and protect who we really are. But Christ didn't do that. Christ didn't come here to protect who he really was. He made himself vulnerable enough for us to see him as savior. The Bible says that we're not, we, we, we don't have a high priest that is not touched by the feelings, of our infirmities. That basically means that he understands everything that we're going through. He knows the pain. He knows rejection. He knows hurt. He knows what it is to lose people. He knows what it is to be abandoned. He knows what it is, which makes him the perfect solution to giving you the peace that that situation needs. He put that down, the feeling the need to come down and prove who he was at the expense of us not getting to know him. How much are you willing to give up of yourself for people to get to know God through your life? Mm. Like how much are you willing to surrender of yourself so that people can see the love of Christ through you? Jesus Christ is the quintessential picture of the most profound meekness and gentleness that he would not only come down and condescend to us, but he would die for us so that we can get to know the love of God. For this reason, God has highly exalted him. Now I want you to see the trap. I want you to see the correlation between mm-hmm. you bringing yourself down and God coming with that inheritance. You're going to humble yourself and you're going to allow God to work through you. And God is going to exalt you. God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name, which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in submission of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, sovereign God, to who the glory of God the Father. That because of Jesus's posture towards God's will, towards his plan for, for, for creation, for humanity, to the point of death, God gave him a name and exalted that name so that everything on earth, everything above the earth, everything that ever existed will have to say, Jesus is Lord. What a, what a reward that is. That God will exalt you if you're willing to bring yourself down. I was meditating on this and I, I, was, I was trying to think about like a picture of um, what, what, what gentleness and meekness is. And the image of a surgeon came to me. And an expert surgeon, not just, you know, someone who hasn't done a few surgeries. I'm talking about an expert surgeon. And this expert surgeon is handling one of the sharpest tools that we have. A scalpel, right? That can cut through the skin and the the ligaments and all that. The muscles with scary precision. Mm. And the reason why this is a beautiful picture of gentleness is because that surgeon knows the exact amount of pressure to apply to that scalpel that he does not damage what he doesn't need to damage. He is concerned about what he's got to cure now and then the healing of that spot later. Mm-hmm. So he can't cut too deep because if he cuts too deep, now he's affecting the future look of the thing. Now he has to cut precisely where he needs to cut in order for him to heal now and also create an environment for healing later. This is how God functions in our life. 
in his gentle way, in his humble way, where he applies the scalpel to our lives sometimes. And it hurts. It cuts. It's, it's uncomfortable. And sometimes it feels like it's too much. But understanding God's posture towards us will get us to see that God is an expert surgeon and that he is he's maximizing and minimizing your pain at the same time. So anything that you go through, God is maximizing that moment to make it as most teachable as possible for you. But at the same time, creating an environment so the cut is not so deep that it won't take forever to heal. Hmm. And, I, and I hope I hope that image kind of helps us to see the gentleness and the meekness of God and that he takes great care in how he handles us. He takes great care and concern and what he allows us to go through and what he allows us to face. And he wants us in turn to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us that we may be able to give that same grace to other people in our relationships. When we say things to people, we say things with not a sharp, heavy scalpel. But if we need to cut our friend, the Bible says faithful are wounds of a friend. That means when you love somebody, you're going to have to cut them sometimes. But you're cutting them with the purpose of healing them and not scarring them and damaging them for the rest of their life. That people are walking around with scars, butchers on their arms and butchers all over their body because you mishandled them. This is the fruit that the Lord wants to be demonstrated in our lives, that we are his surgeons, that he anoints our hands and our mouths. And our presence, he anoints us in that way so that we are a blessing and not a curse to people. That we are healers and not harmers of people. And I think in this climate, it's so important for us to remember God's heart towards us. That we've seen 2020 come and almost go. And this has been a crazy year. And we don't even know what next year is going to bring or whatever is going on. But our confidence has to be in the heart of God towards us. Just to kind of piggyback of what you said or just add, Mm -hmm. especially with this fruit, I think adapting the mindset of whatever situation you go in, how can I enhance it or make it better? Mm. And adapting the mindset of a servant. Philippians 2 and 5 says, let this mind be in you, Mm. which was also in Christ Jesus, Mm. who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, Mm -hmm. but he made himself of no reputation. That means he flew under the radar. Mm -hmm. He wasn't trying to be pompous and I'm here. But Mm -hmm. again, thinking about being a servant Mm -hmm. and enhancing whatever situation you're in, including when you're offended. Mm. And that stings. Mm -hmm. That stings. Mm -hmm. But... Adapting that mindset of being a servant and allowing God to work through you, removing ourselves from the situation and allowing his spirit to work through us. Yeah. Overcoming that need to protect ourselves by allowing God to be God in our lives and surrendering whatever the threat that is against our ego, that is against our feelings of ourselves, that that play on our insecurities and our self low self-esteem or whatever it is, because we all have it. But surrendering that to God and allowing God to really be God in our lives. We thank you for speaking to us, O oh God. We thank you for reminding us of the fruits that we should be exhibiting, that your spirit should be exhibiting through us, O oh God. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you for 
the opportunity to represent you in the earth, God. We thank you for allowing us to be your hands and your mouth and your feet yes, and your arms, God. And Lord, we ask that as we are internalizing your word and as we're taking in your word, that you will just continue to work through us, oh God. Lord, we ask God that you would just have your way in our lives. Lord, I pray God that anybody that is not saved, that has not come to the knowledge of you, that through these Zooms they will. Anything spoken, God, that, that may be unclear, I pray God that your spirit would come to clarify and illuminate, oh God. I pray, God, that you would just exhibit your fruits in us, God, especially this week. Lord, let this fruit be especially visible this week. The fruit of meekness, oh God, and humility and gentleness, God, that whatever situation we go in, I pray, God, that we would take on the mind of a servant, that the mind that was in Christ Jesus will also be in us. Yes, Lord. And that we will make ourselves of no reputation, Mm. but that we will consider ourselves servants Mm. in the earth, representing you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.